We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday, November 21st, and it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, on these morning shows, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing? How is your uh, Tuesday starting off for you at uh, what, not, almost 10 o'clock over there? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's good. Lots of cold rain today, so it's going to start to feel like winter coming in. One of those uh, cold weather fronts. So it's going to be a good day to sit inside and watch some football stuff. That's that's what I plan on doing most of the day. Awesome, awesome. You know, yeah, starting to probably you know put together some. I'm not tape move my chair. Here. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. So down here, down here in a hole. There we go. Rainy days are always good. You know, some tape to review. Yeah, you look like you look like Carl. No, I, I didn't want to say it. You're you can get away with that. I can't. <laughs> Carl in the short chair. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's a uh, good rainy days. You know, it's starting to get ready for winter time. And uh, that's the you know, perfect time to start prepping for the NFL draft. I know that you're probably a little bit more interested in that than we uh, we probably thought entering the season after the Falcons disappointment uh, so far this season. But uh, should be a uh, should be a good draft. I'm excited. Are you heading down to Mobile again this year? Or oh, is yeah. that the plan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be there again. I, I, I rented a. 4k camera to go down there and shoot last time and it uh learn some things with it and I'll, I'll shoot i'll shoot a lot more this year too and hopefully the weather cooperates because winter in the deep south can be just awful and what i mean by awful is not blizzards i like blizzards it's uh like 35 36 degrees in rain and that's just the worst it's just the worst then I, i've told you this before then i moved up and i lived worked out in new york for a couple of years snowed i'm like oh yeah this is what i'm talking about i just rather deal with snow and then april and may hit and it was 35 degrees and raining i'm like oh i like your winters better but your springs suck <laughs> mm. yep yeah you don't uh, you don't escape it uh, no you just move it down the calendar a little bit that's why the snowbirds go south you know uh in the winter time but um yeah you don't escape it you just you just knock it back a couple months yep yep yeah, Seattle, the big thing about Seattle in the winter is just how dark it is constantly. Um, because of the tilt of the earth, we have less sunlight. And also, we uh, just the marine layer makes it so like you'll go weeks and you won't see the sun. It'll just be overcast the whole time. But at least you can get outside without, you know, falling and dying, which you have <laughs> in the upper Midwest as a worry, legitimately. Uh, but let's say hello to some people in the chat now that uh, we got our weather talk out of the way. Jeremy Sean, good morning, boys. Who's hurting? Uh, who is hurting worse, PJ Locke or K-Jack's wallet? Well, hopefully uh, Kareem Jackson's wallet, because I'm not hoping for injuries or anything for. 
think Nick may have froze up on us a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start moving down. I'm going to remove him. So you never know what's going to happen with Nick's internet at times. So he might restart and give us a, a, a shot back. So uh, Jeremy, the uh, the answer to that one is unequivocally uh, KJAC's wallet. Um, and hopefully PJ Locke feels better. It says the suspension, the two game suspension previously was without pay. And you don't get paid on a 52 week schedule in the NFL. You get paid on a game schedule in the NFL. So you get 17 games. So he was on about $2.5 million base salary. If he has, let's just do the easy math and call it 2.4 and say if he gets suspended for these four these these four games, that'll be almost one third of the season. That would be about eight hundred thousand dollars in lost uh, base salary for him. So that's uh, that's significant. Yeah, and that's where that that comes in. It is significant, and uh, I don't know why it is. When I restart my computer, it connects to the uh, the worst router, so I need to like configure that. But we're back. Uh, hopefully, KJX wallet's hurting worse because Broncos are going to need PJ Lock sooner than later, and we'll get into some of the safety options here as well. But yeah, no Kareem Jackson. Out again, that's the news, four-game suspension, and uh, we'll get into that here in a second. Do want to, of course, get to the Super Chats uh, before we get too far down the tracks there. I see we got Miguel Santa Steven in here with the, uh, I think that's the New Mexico flag with the Broncos sigil on it. Says, good morning, fellas. Two games out of first in the West. Great week. Yeah, really good to see the Chiefs go down yesterday. And Scott, I don't know how much AFC West football you caught this week, but to see Herbert and Mahomes have their players let them down left and right around them. I mean, a brilliant throw to Quentin Johnson. Uh, Keenan Allen drops two touchdowns this week. The Chargers lose. Herbert played great, but it's Phillip Rivers all over again. And now you have Mahomes, that Martez, Martez Valdez Scantling touchdown. Wide open, touchdown deep, beautiful throw right through his hands. Uh, you love to yeah. see it. Shoot, put it on Christian Watson too. You know, yeah. that fourth yes. and 25 probably should have been caught. Bless you. Welcome back. Yeah, no, I'm allergic uh, to the uh, allergic to the ball too. I don't usually just sneeze once, so you'll have to excuse me on this one. These these come in in bunches. Yeah, I know it was it was a great week. Absolutely, the Broncos gained some ground, and not to you know celebrate injury or anything like that. But apologies, the, not yeah. Christian Watson. It was a different Watson. Yes, Christian Watson's in Green Bay. It was yes. uh, the tight end Watson that went through his hand. Sorry, Christian. Yeah. Apologies. Different Watson. I just had Watson on my head. Yeah, and Watson had a better game this week. Uh, Packers starting to look a little feisty, man. If the Broncos were in the NFC, they'd be. Uh, I think they'd have one of the playoff seeds uh, right now at five and five. Uh, but uh, you're in the stacked AFC, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, great week. Uh, the Broncos not to dance on any graves or anything, but for the playoff pathway, they had some injuries that should help them uh, this upcoming week. I mean, the Bengals without Joe Burrow. I mean, what is that team now? I think we can probably put them to bed. Their defense hasn't been great. Uh, you have the Ravens losing, of course, uh, Mark Andrews probably for the season. Maybe not, but he's out for a bit. The Steelers are firing Matt Canada right now. That's never a good sign for a team like that. You have the Browns. Matt Canada fired today about 40 minutes ago. Um, you have the Browns um, with two backup quarterbacks now bringing in Joe Flacco potentially. I mean, the, the Chargers are falling apart in front of us again. Who, same song, different year. Uh, so, yeah, the Broncos – Pathway two games out of first, la di da. But in the AFC, there is a pathway starting to emerge. You still have to keep winning. You probably still have to go five and two out of the next seven games. But it's it's more realistic uh, than I could have ever thought possible. It's absolutely realistic. Um, you know, we said that coming out of uh, the 
the Bills game. You win the Bills game, and we'll start talking playoffs. That was four and five. Well, now you beat the Vikings. Now you've you've stacked onto that. So at four and five, I was ready to talk playoffs. This is a potential playoff team. Um, now everybody will be talking about the, the Denver Broncos as a potential playoff team. Um, you know, and two games out of first with seven to play, but the the Kansas City Chiefs schedule starts looking a little easier. It, it looks like they'd be a little tough to try and reel in. Um, but uh, again, playoffs are absolutely on the table for this team, without a doubt. Yeah, and you probably hate to be that guy, but you probably do have to win the next two games still just because of the head-to-heads. Uh, that Cleveland one, I can't believe Cleveland seven and three with their quarterback play and all the injuries they've had on that side of the ball. That defense is borderline historic. I saw that they have the best defensive success rate of any, the second best success rate of any defense since 2000. Uh, So that's a pretty damn impressive number there. Essentially, they make every defense look like the Jets, uh, so or every offense. So uh, that'll be a tough matchup. But seven and three, they've. I haven't looked yet. I haven't looked yet. What's your prediction on the over under? And then I'll give you mine. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. I mean, I know that anything in the lower 30s is pretty historic. I think it's probably going to be like 32. 33 was my guess. I'm thinking 17, 16 should be. And that's even high. 33 is my guess. The over under on Browns Broncos. Because again, when I've got two defenses playing like this, and frankly, the Broncos defense is playing, you know, not quite Cleveland Browns, but really, really well. They're holding teams down in scores without a doubt. I'm going to go with the guy with the better quarterback right now. So I don't want to screw you guys and pick the Broncos, but I like the Broncos at home against the Browns. The over under on this game is 35 and a half. Okay. I'd probably take the under on that one. I'm a full, I'm I'm almost a full field goal under that one. And that's, I might 17, 16 feels about right to me in this game. Should be an interesting one. uh, That's for sure. might be some defensive scoring uh, to get to that number or special teams. But thank you so much, Miguel, for the super chat. We also got Ethan coming in saying, hard to imagine the Broncos only two games behind Kansas City. They were just one and five not too long ago. Chiefs, you know, playing great. Now Denver's five and five and Casey is seven and three. The odds of catching Kansas City are slim with seven games left, but uh, you never know. And uh you keep playing the games. If the Broncos beat the Browns this week, that'd be a major head-to-head uh, that they are going to want down the stretch. And uh, the one that's really going to matter, I think, is that Houston game. I know it's on the road. CJ Stroud's playing great, but that's a team that's, what, 6-4 and four right now? One game ahead of you. If you lose that one and put two games between you and you give them the tiebreaker, that's one slot locked up that you're going to lose that one almost every time. Uh, so that's a, that's a huge game coming up here in two weeks when Denver heads to Houston to play the CJ Strouds. I think I think the Kansas City Chiefs only have one more game against a team with a winning record, and that's the six and five Bills at home. So there's your problem. You've got at Raiders. It's fun to be talking about this though in November, isn't it? At <laughs> yeah. Raiders, at Packers versus Bills, six and five at Patriots, uh, Raiders at home, Bengals at home, at Chargers. So there's some road games in there, but you know the teams you've lost to, Broncos, hottest team in the NFL. How do you like that sound of that Broncos country? Detroit Lions, eight and two. Eagles, nine and one. Um, you know, they they could they, the, the I would bet that the Chiefs have a better chance of running the table than they do losing two games. And you might again, you might have to lose, you might have they might have to lose three, and then you went out in order to win the division. But again, 
It's November 21st after a one and five start. And we're talking about this the week of Thanksgiving. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Who'd have thought, man? <laughs> and thank Who'd you, Ethan. Thought. Yeah. I appreciate uh, when I saw you this come it. in, I was like, oh no, what's Ethan talking about K Jack here? I thought this was a, I thought this was a Kareem Jackson, uh, coming in and, and, and defense post. It might be, you know, with yeah. Ethan smart enough to throw in the, the double, I'm not even smart enough to say double on Tondra. So on Tondra, you know what? Yeah. Entendre. Copy and paste. That's how I'd write that one. What's the phrase again? Double entendre. We got it. It's uh, Mark Schrader also. No double entendre here. Good morning to you, Mark. The $10. Also, always awesome to see you, Mark. Hope you're doing well. Uh, always appreciate talking to you, giving me a little gruff about my Iowa Hawkeyes winning the terrible West, but uh, I'll take it. Jeremy Sean's in the house. Oh, we said that. J- Raymond Shelby. Good to see you. Uh, we got David Youngkin. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I don't think KJAC cares. We won two games without him, so in my opinion, he is done as a Bronco. Well, uh, you say that now, but uh, we'll see what the Broncos' options are when they come in the uh, the upcoming weeks. You're pretty, you're thin at the position. You're down three of your top four, and what we saw from number five to date has been left to be wanting. I guess that's the polite way to put it. Yeah, you don't want to lose KJAC. And PJ Locke. That's the problem. If you go to DTY, you know, two safeties down. What I can get though this week, let's take care of a little business, is two pizzas. So, reminder to Broncos country to make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a obviously a big pizza fan, and uh, Scott, you and I are both uh, big eaters by volume. So going somewhere like uh, Little Caesars is a great bargain, and I always love you know classic pepperoni. Uh, Supreme is always my go-to. I'm, I'm Midwestern at heart, so you know get a side of ranch as well to dip the crust in is always good. And uh, everybody wins when you go to Little Caesars. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or in our in-store pizza portal pickup so grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the upcoming games we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you very much, Little Caesars. And um, we will get back to the chat. Mark Schrader coming in. Good to see you, Mark. Um, It must be cold there in Texas because usually you get the weather right before I do, and it's going to be cold and wet today. So it's probably already pretty cold in Texas. in Texas, it's good to see you. Thank you for the support. Mark says, good morning, guys, with that big super chat. So thank you, sir. Always great to see you, Mark. Sean Burns is in the house. Hope you're doing well, Sean. Zach Powers, of course, too. Morning, morning. What's good, Zach? Uh, of 
we got to see Colin Wooden here saying, hey, guys, Brian Dunn. Good morning, Nick Scott and everyone. Money more coming in saying Raiders lose, Chargers lose, Chiefs lose, Broncos win, baby, glasses, purple, yellow, diamond. I don't know what's going on with that. but That's uh, uh, an emoji that didn't come through. Okay, well. It didn't show up for us. Uh, Money more apologies. Well, we're all about the glasses, purple, yellow, diamond uh, when the Broncos win in the entire AFC West. Sounds like an old Beatles, like an old 60s song. Yeah, that's uh, or, you know, Jimmy Jimmy Hendrix going on here. Who knows? Uh, but uh, <laughs> good to see you, Money More. Always appreciate you. Um, we got John Yang saying it's not even correct where they said KJAX hit was on Dobbs. They reported it was a play in the fourth with 13.38 to go. I looked and it was the Garrett Bowles flag play. First. It was in the first quarter. It was in the first yeah, that- drive. His first hit. Uh, third play of the game uh, was when that, when that play happened. So it was a prop. I, I didn't look at the clock, but 1338 sounded close enough to me in the first mm-hmm. quarter to not mm-hmm. double check it. But uh, that was in the first quarter. Yeah, it was first drive of the game, right? Yeah. That's the, the, they hadn't even gotten a first down yet. They're going for the first, first yeah. down. Third, so. third play, his first contact, um, mm-hmm. you know, and again, when you're on probation, you're going to get, uh, you're going to get looked at with a little more scrutiny. And when there's a turnover involved, it's going to get replayed in slow motion over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. That ain't being singled out, man. Sorry. No. That's part of the game of everybody's watching. There's 50,000 camera angles out there. So yes, yeah. the officials might miss that, but you know, the eyes in the sky aren't gonna. No, and he's not even on double secret probation. You know, he knew what was going on when he came into this and very first play. I mean, it's, it's almost his nature at this point. You got to say like with how he plays and, uh, it's unfortunate because his teammates really do seem to like him. Coaches love him. Um, he's somebody that you ha- are happy to have on your team, but with where the game is at in uh, nowadays with how they're really emphasizing not hitting the head and the suspensions and the targeting and everything like that, you can't have it. Uh, you, you just can't have it. You're putting your team in a bad position now because you made yourself unavailable from repeated behaviors of questionable at best hits. So I get it. It's tough. Um, the NFL is bang, bang. Like, I don't know if you saw the Fletcher Cox hit last night, Scott. Um, but that one, like, they called that roughing on uh, Fletcher Cox on Patrick Mahomes. That was, I mean, BS. Come on. I did. I saw it was like a step and a quarter, maybe. I'm like, that wasn't the two-step rule. That was like a step and a quarter. What I didn't get a close enough look of was did their face masks collide? It you know, we're like on that one because that was close yeah. enough where maybe you can't hit a guy on the face mask. So, yeah. You know, looking at this, I saw some people say, well, he's not a defense. He's not a, a quarterback. This isn't about being a quarterback. This isn't about being a defenseless receiver. This is about, and I've said this before, I, we called it sailor diving when I was a kid. Go ahead. Be careful before you play this because I know NFL can flag and demonetize things. Yeah, if you I, play I got it. it. Okay. And I'll, okay. <laughs> I'll come out of my pocket on this if I have to. Okay. Um, But it, it's just, you know, whether you think this should be allowed in the game or not, the game has changed. It's gone soft. Is irrelevant. That, that's not what this is about. The problem that Kareem Jackson has is when he goes into these tackles, he doesn't reach like he's going for a tackle, like he's going to try and wrap a guy up. We called it sailor diving when I was a kid. I've told you all this story before, you know, and it's, it's, it's completely stupid. That's how kids go in and break their neck, uh, hitting the bottom of the pool. We'd put our arms down to the side of our, our legs and we'd jump in the pool, you know, dive headfirst in the pool like a torpedo. He comes in. And ducks his arms, he tucks his arms to his chest, comes down with his head. You cannot do this. And then, boom, 
what how, what was the first thing he hit maybe his chest maybe his face max but that's textbook y'all i mean that's there's no way you can come out of watching that clip and say kareem jackson is the victim you, you can't like i said whether or not you think this should be allowed or not is irrelevant that's not allowed it is absolutely not allowed well what's he supposed to do his head's so low, he's hitting him with the bald spot on my head. With the back of his head. What's he supposed to do? He's supposed to do this. And if for those of you that are not listening, all I did was put my face up. If that's face mask to face mask, no problem. There is no problem at all. If he sees what he hits, there is no problem at all. And I'm, I'm almost willing to say, even if he's lunging and reaching, but when you tuck your arms in, and dive into a guy with your helmet you got no chance you have zero chance to, to for that not to be punished now i see you say well it wasn't even called a flag Ooh, that's an interesting argument so we're gonna go with the argument that if the refs don't call it it must have been okay i'll remember that i'll remember that the next time there's a pass interference or something that doesn't get called your way guys that's that's not allowed and he does it Every game. That's his first tackle back from suspension, man. Man. You can't yeah. do that. And you're lucky he wasn't tossed. The Broncos were lucky that that was not a 15-yard penalty at the time. Extend that drive. Wipe out Baron Browning's strip of the ball. The field goal. And now you're down to to Delarian Turneriel for, the, for 58 minutes of the game. You're lucky. This mm -hmm. wasn't Kareem Jackson being victimized. The Broncos were freaking lucky. Because yeah, I mean, that is against the rules. Broncos were certainly lucky uh, that he was not suspended for that, given the play we've seen from the fourth string safety. I know that we did get snaps finally from uh, JL Skinner this week, but uh, the fact that we haven't seen him yet with the play of the uh, guys above him uh, makes me worried about his uh, readiness. But uh, we'll, we'll see. He's probably going to get a chance now. Um, unless uh, PJ Locke gets really healthy here really quick. But uh, who knows? But you're you're correct, Scott. Do you think that he would have been suspended if this was not a multi-time incident? I mean, this is like I would say no. Fourth time, okay. I Why would say that? no. I think he's being suspended because it was a multi-time incident. I think he should have gotten suspension after the Logan Thomas hit. That was the one that was of all the hits. I think that was the worst of the bunch, and we've got lots to choose from, unfortunately, because this is how he tackles. Mm -hmm. That was the one that I felt like was the the most egregious. I think this one was second, honestly, uh, just because when you start ducking, when you, when you just dive in with your head, I mean, it totally against rules. He was not suspended after the Logan Thomas hit, which tells me if this was his first time, he would not be suspended. That this was his first hit after having a suspension reduced. You want to go back in front of a judge the day after you just went on probation and just got out? What do you think Derek Brooks is going to say? Man, I already reduced this, dude. I, I I went to bat for you. I reduced this. And this was your first hit? Uh-uh. Not doing it again. That's how people, you know, that's how judges kind of work. So I'll be shocked if this one gets reduced. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know how that process works exactly. I know it is, as you mentioned, uh, Derek Brooks out there on that side. I guess I am surprised that they didn't just wipe cream Jackson out for the season or like making an eight game suspension because I feel like a lot of times 
I can't remember these not being reduced yeah, somewhat. In the they might go to three, but yeah. I don't think it'll go down to two. I don't think yeah. they'll cut it in half again. I'm just surprised that it's like, you know, bargaining for something. It's like, okay, I'm going to say I want, you know, uh, $500 more for this item, but I'm really okay with 500 less. I'm surprised that we didn't have, you know, an eight game suspension. And then once they reduce it to four, that was actually the, uh, the call on it, but we'll see. It's going to be unfortunate for the Broncos. Luckily they probably play the worst def- worst, one of the worst offenses in the NFL this upcoming week. Uh, but this Browns team, they got some good stuff that they're calling out there with Kevin Stefanski. Uh, and they like to run the football. And as we saw, people think safety and they think a pass game, but as Broncos country saw, unfortunately, in that Miami game, uh, the safeties are an integral part of the run game and the run fits as well. And if they don't do their job, look out. All right, we're getting a little spicy talking about these kind of things, getting a little fired up. So are you ready to spice up your Thanksgiving as we dive headfirst into mountains and mountains of mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce? Let's talk about the unsung hero of the holiday season, the Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. That's right. It's time to go cold turkey on your old razor and take care of your own self. With the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, visit manscaped.com and use code HUDDLE for 20% off and free shipping. And enjoy Thanksgiving in style with the Lawnmower Ultra 5.0 Ultra from Manscaped. Yeah, I know family's going to be gathering around the table here talking about, you know, different things and your turkey leg, right? And uh, don't let uh, your poor grooming be the topic of the Denver conversation this year. With the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, you'll be the talk of the table. It's waterproof, so you can groom wet or dry. And let's face it, we all want to look our best before carving that bird. Plus, the LED spotlight ensures you don't miss a single spot, even in low-light situations. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code HUDDLE. Be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all from Manscaped. Your body will thank you for looking good. Absolutely. Yeah, you want to make sure you're cleaned up. That's always a good time. I have to get in that turkey late. We got Michael Ronquillo coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Go Michael. Hope you're doing well. We got uh, Nick Klinger coming in here saying, good morning, fellas. I feel confident that the wins we've won are not flukes because the level of the defense. Definitely not flukes because, you know, things happen in a single game all the time and uh, there's always wild stuff. But I would say that the game plan or the the pathway that the Broncos have won a few of these games is not super repeatable. It's not like we can, okay, the Broncos just need to ha- average field position on the 41. I think that's the highest average starting field position any team's had in the NFL this entire season, Scott. Uh, in that Bills game. So that's like not a repeatable plan, of course. Oh, we just need, you know, 12 takeaways in a three-game sample size, most since 1997. That's You can't bank on that. So there are things that are fluky in terms of the repeatability of it, but it's the NFL. You know, things happen. You got to play each game as it it unfolds, and uh, you should not apologize or anything for, you know, five turnovers against Mahomes. Okay, well, they turned it over five times. It's not your fault. You take advantage of it. Yeah, a couple of thoughts on this, Nick and Nick. Um, now that I think about it, who are you talking to? Both of you, a couple of thoughts. One game can be a fluke. Even two games can be a fluke. Three games, no, not a fluke. You're on a four-game winning streak, not a fluke. You're playing well. You're playing good ball. The other part of this is, okay, it's not sustainable. Okay, that's fine. Maybe I won't. And, and how long can it last? Well, I've gone from five to four to three turnovers. So it's it's trickling down. Mm-hmm. 
who's to say I'm not going to adjust my game plan based on what happens during the game? That's part of being a good coach. So it's like, well, the, the Broncos can't play like this if, if they're not going to get they, – they can't play like this unless they get four turnovers and win. Okay. Okay, we'll, we'll play a little different then. We're allowed to adjust too. We're allowed to do different things to open it up, be a little more aggressive if we need be. And that's what I kept saying yesterday, Nick, about you know Russell Wilson in this passing game. I still I think so much of the ultra suffocating conservative nature of the passing game of the Denver Broncos is Sean Payton. I really do. I don't think Russell Wilson wants to be checked down Russ. I think he's ready to throw the ball downfield, but I think it's showing incredible discipline by him to stick to the game plan. And part of that goes back to last year when you were humbled. We talked about that at the beginning of the season. After a season like that, Russell Wilson will say, man, I'll do anything you tell me to do, coach. And Sean Payton was coming into a good situation with guys who really were thirsting for success. They didn't have any, and it's credit to him, and it's credit to the character of their veterans on this team that they didn't have any early success, but they stuck with it. They didn't just bail on it. So, no, not flukes, Nick. You don't win no. four in a row on a fluke. So that's uh, they're they're playing good football right now, and they're they're beating good teams. You don't you don't go on the road and beat the Bills. You don't beat the Chiefs, and you don't beat a five win in a row Minnesota Vikings on a fluke. That it's it's they're playing good ball right now. Hottest team in the NFL. And there is something to be said about winning staring contests week after week. I mean, you got to be comfortable in playing in these ugly games. You got to know how to win. And sometimes football is really simple. You make less mistakes. You give yourself a chance to win. And it's not just the Broncos taking the ball away at a, let's just call it a historic rate, given dating back to 1997. That's insane. Uh, but Denver is protecting the football as well. I mean, you, you're not winning that the Vikings game, unless you are plus three in the turnovers by granted, maybe, you know, the game's a little different as it's called Scott, but probably not winning a one point game. If you turn it over one time mm -hmm. in that situation. So it is credit to the Broncos as well for not only forcing the takeaways, but protecting the football only two sacks in this last game as well. I think the Broncos only had not many penalties called on them. I mean, not a lot of negative plays, not a lot of explosives. I think they were still 24th in the NFL this week out of 28 teams in explosive play rate from the offense. Cause it's because of the bye weeks of course. Um, but uh, that is a, they're not getting a lot of the negatives and they're not having those massive detrimental plays on offense. And you do that enough with the defense turning the ball away. You can win some football games. Miguel Santi Stevan coming in back again. Thank you, sir. Uh, with a super chat, he says, what do y'all think of Tom Brady saying the offense needs to protect themselves? It's not the defense's job to protect the offensive players. Crazy hearing him backing up defensive players. And, and part of that's <laughs> him. Part of that's a little bit of envy saying, good Lord, if I'd, if I'd been able to throw, you know, going back to the old days of basketball, if Michael Jordan could play in this day and age where they're not allowed to defend anybody. He would average whatever he wanted to. A little of that is Tom Brady saying the same thing. Dude, I, I couldn't throw over in the middle against certain teams because they I, I couldn't get my players hurt. I wasn't, I couldn't do that. So part of that's a little bit of envy. Um, but he, he, what he said, the offensive players need to protect themselves. And that all started because he also said the product isn't as good as it used to be. He doesn't think he sees as much good football. Who else has said that, Nick? <laughs> you know, I've, I say that a lot. I just don't have quite the platform that Tom Brady does. And yeah. I think for me, that's more of, of the forced parody 
the the salary caps, the the free agency, the the draft picks, the comp picks, all of that stuff. I think that has more to do with taking the top, the cream of the crop and bringing them down towards the middle. And that's why you end up with a, a, a worse product overall. But who's to argue with the NFL, man? They're more popular than ever. Yeah, I've, I hear, you know, Tom Brady talking about the league being worse. And I agree with him uh, about, you know, players protecting themselves. Like he's used this. It wasn't just this interview. He's used it before about, uh, I think when he was Tampa Bay's quarterback talking about the league not teaching play people to protect themselves. And he used the example of Ray Lewis before he's like, when I was playing the Ravens, I knew that if I tossed it in a certain way over the middle of the field, I was going to lose that receiver because Ray Lewis was going to hit them and take them out. And I was coached not to do that. And the players, the receivers knew to catch the ball a certain way to protect themselves. Now you got guys being laid out to dry because they are protected by these institutions, uh, I guess in the NFL. And it's not really protecting it's not really reducing the hits uh, because they're not, they just expect to be protected from the rules rather than their own style. Right. And, and part of that is when I'm paying 25 million, part of that's the money, you know, mm -hmm. that, that it goes into it. It's like, well, I remember back in the day, well, you know, back in the day they weren't dropping $25 million on a wide receiver, no. you know? So when you when you're, when you're an owner and you're paying $25 million a year to a wide receiver and you see him get hurt, you're like, I, I, I don't want to lose that guy to that type of play anymore. And that's part of it is the money that is invested in these guys is trying to protect their investment. Now, how can you do that and still maintain the integrity of the game? And Ray Lewis wasn't necessarily a headhunter. <laughs> There's a great clip. Y'all may have seen it before on, on uh, Chad Ochocinco, Chad Johnson, thinking that he was going to be able to come in on a crack to uh, Ray Lewis's blind side. And Ray Lewis sees him coming at the last minute and just kind of leans into him with his shoulder and flattens him. <laughs> Chad Johnson can't get up and he's like dude I thought I had him I thought I had him. Ray was just that type of guy he wasn't going you know helmets to helmets he may have gone after a couple of knees here and there he's a tree trunk. He, he wasn't going after uh helmets helmets but again I get it I understand um I had another point in here and I forgot it so I'll come back to it Miguel appreciate you you coming back in yeah thank you Miguel double five dollar super chat uh out there in new mexico it's always great to have you joining us here and uh, we really do appreciate the support we also got our guy troy boer in the house saying hey guys as much as turnovers are staying relatively healthy over the last month has been huge offensive line still together if we get pj fleck pj back why did i say pj fleck minnesota coach pj back i feel good about this week if not if he have a great show i will say that if there is any games down the stretch where i feel okay about not having pj locked out there it is probably the cleveland browns game now cleveland does a pretty good job again with the manufacturing the run game they're going to do a lot of you know uh bootleg action they're really going to try to it's going to be like high school install you know day one install type of offense stuff with uh delorean tomlinson robinson uh, out there uh dtr but uh yeah this is a game where if you don't have lock out there you should be able to survive. I do worry a little bit about the run game stuff. Scott, of course, David and Joku is a really talented tight end for them. Uh, but Locke, please get healthy for the Houston game. We can survive one, I think, but Houston, I don't think so. Yeah. Not the way CJ Stroud's throwing the ball. Um, no. but I, I agree with you and, um, Nick wholeheartedly. I was thinking coming into this game, the, 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 the quote I wanted to basically say, I'm like, remember this is, if your safety is your leading tackler against the Browns, you're in trouble. You know, mm -hmm. I, I need, I need Alex Singleton. I need Josie Jewell. 
And we've seen Nick Benito come in and out into a linebacker position and rove inside and outside based on the spy and, 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 and rush as a third linebacker. I think we'll see what Vance Joseph does, but it wouldn't surprise me to see him get having three linebackers on the field be more common than having six defensive backs and a dime where mm -hmm. I could get away with a back four with three corners and, and Justin Simmons, I think. Now, when does Riley Moss factor into any of this stuff? You know, I mean, I if, think there was ever, if there was ever a, a game I needed somebody with some physicality out there and some athleticism from the safety spot, and I wasn't really that worried about him getting lost in the passing game, this is the type of game where you put him in there, not – poor Drew Sanders and the Miami Dolphins. Mm. This is the type of game where you want to break in a physically gifted, inexperienced rookie in a physical type of environment, Nick. I just worry about the busted plays. I think, like you mentioned it earlier, this is going to be a rock fight. And I've watched enough Iowa Hawkeye games this year that I know what has lost or won Iowa those games where it is, you know, three to three in the third quarter. It's that one explosive play. That one backbreaker changes everything. So having somebody who has never played safety out there um, moving to the safety spot, I think, is a little bit of a concern. You're not talking I'm, about. I'm not even thinking. Say, I'm, I'm thinking play okay. you one safety. Oh, one single safety. At times, at times, yeah. yeah. You could play a single high safety, and then you basically, you know, again, when you're watching the Minnesota Vikings. They've got 11 guys on the line of scrimmage, man. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you line those guys up? Those aren't conventional safeties, so to speak. I would imagine mm -hmm. that the Browns would have trouble beating the Vikings defense. Especially with how much condensed the Browns have to do. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. It's certainly a possibility. My pushback is that you are declaring your hand when you do that. When you have a single high safety out there, mm -hmm. your coverage looks are going to be one of three compared to what you can see from the two high safety stuff, I guess maybe one of four, depending on how you man. It comes um, into, I'm daring, I can't even remember his name. DTR. Dorian, Rob, D Thompson, Robinson, Robinson. Thompson, Thompson Robinson. You're daring yeah. him to beat you. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm willing to try that. And if he does, well, then I'll back off. Then I'll adjust. If I go down 14-0 because I'm overly aggressive, but the worst thing in the world I could do is come out in a, you know, in a nickel, you know, with a four-man front and a five-man and two guys in playoff. No, 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 no. I'd rather see if you can run it by, you know, get it by me, get it over the top of me. And if you can, then I'll then I'll make adjustments. But I'm going to dare you to try and beat me throwing the ball. Yeah, and just some defensive trends for the Broncos as of late. Uh, obviously, I've been trying to find data where I'm excluding the first four weeks of the season because what even was that? Like, it's Broncos going to be 32nd for the rest of the year in almost all defensive metrics because of how bad that Miami game was. And it wasn't just Miami, Vegas, and the Bears were also horrific for the Broncos' defense. But since week five, they've been like 13th, I think, in EPA per play. Now, their success rate is like down in the 20s still. Uh, but because of how much they're turning the football over, their EPA gets a huge spike and the good red zone defense as well. They're still really poor in base defense. I believe they're 28th in EPA per play in base defense compared to about, I think, 10th in nickel. So if you're trying to play, you know, that three, four classic front out there, it's something to worry and watch about uh, with this Broncos team, because they've, they've just really struggled there. Um, the edges haven't been good at holding up against the run. 
Uh, Alex Singleton maybe had his worst game of his Denver career last week, missed tackles left and right. It was poor performance. Maybe that Miami game is <laughs> worse, but, uh, and then, uh, you had, I thought Purcell and Henningsen and, uh, Harris also, um, on the ground pretty consistently in this game. So I worry about playing condensed formations up front with your defense, just from what your personnel is, but I hear you. I mean, you want to match up to stop the run first and make them one dimensional, but damn, the Broncos have stunk in base defense. Yeah. And again, like you said, excluding the other four, the, the Broncos match up so much better against Miami now. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's such a low baseline that, you know, it doesn't matter. Better is relatively speaking, but the way they're playing on the back end of their defense with Baron Browning and Zach Allen now becoming a pretty good duo on the right side, you know, it would be a competitive game against the Dolphins now after it not being competitive. And we were talking offense uh, against the Browns offense. What are the couple keys? Mr. Roush comes in and says, what are the keys to beating this Browns defense? The simple, I mean, the, the cliches for a reason, Run the ball, protect the ball. Take your shots when you got them. I have some keys. Uh, you need to be Broncos. I don't know if you saw Steven Ruiz, who is uh, does a good job for the ringer, does a lot of quarterback stuff, does quarterback rankings that are released that always creates a lot of tension because he doesn't just go off of the raw stats. It's like, oh, uh, Brock Purdy has, you know, leads the NFL and quarterback rating between the 20s or something. He's like, I don't care. I'm using my eyes as much as that. And I can see the system with Ayuk and everything there is pretty damn good. He's not the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, So he always does a good job, but he had released a piece yesterday talking about the trends for the Broncos and how the Broncos actually have been awesome on first down with Russell Wilson in the past game this season, a lot of screens, a lot of stuff and teams actually typically have the best success on first down because they have the most conservative defenses on the other side. And the Broncos have been awesome on first down, but horrible on second and third down. So I think that's a key in this game. Uh, we saw it. The Bills game, actually, the Broncos were great on third down, but the Vikings game was much more a microcosm of the season where right. two for 12 on third down in the season. With an average of nine yards to go. It was it was bad um, from the Broncos offense. The Broncos game was bad until the final drive when they opened things up and had to have it. And then they were like four for four. Just get the ball to P Ryan on every play. That's the key to the offense, guys. I'm at the Bills game. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the, but but uh, back to the point. Um, I think that's a huge key in this one as well. You need to continue that. Uh, the first down success because, let me tell you, if it's third and nine, I want you to be very conservative with your calls. I know it's gonna get booze from Broncos fans. It's gonna make some people upset. But a third and nine draw call and then punting the football to that Browns defense is not a loss, Scott. This is going to be a field position battle. This is going to be an old school leather helmet style game. And I think that you need to really protect yourself on third down because they have this guy on the other side of the field named Miles Garrett, who is an alien. I think like if, you know, the aliens came from the sky and we had to pick like a a human champion to represent the species in like a gladiator style of thing, Miles Garrett would be up there for me. He is a, a different level athlete than almost anybody playing the sport right now, like a LeBron James level athlete for the NFL uh, comparison. Uh, So don't get in third and long. Do not put yourself in a situation where 95 can take your quarterback out, strip the football and ruin a game. He's going to get his no matter what, but he is. Don't put yourself in that situation. Well, Miles Garrett probably watches his diet and uh, this holiday season. If you let yourself go a little bit, you can watch your diet You might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor America's number one ready-to-eat meal service 
can help you fuel for breakfast and lunch and dinner and chef prepared dietitian approved ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door. That's factor, not factor in, but it is factor. You'll save time and eat well and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle uh, while you're tackling all of your to-do lists this holiday. Looking for calorie conscious options over the holidays that also taste great? Try delicious, dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Nick, I'm counting calories right now. 550 sounds pretty good if it can fill me up. Uh, need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best during the holidays? Try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Head to factormeals.com slash huddle50 and use the code huddle50 to get 50% off. That's huddle50 at factormeals.com slash huddle50 to get 50% off. Like I said, Nick, I've been I've been trying to slash a little weight here over the last month. I always try and do it during the holidays just to test myself a little bit. I'm going to have to check out Factor, uh, factormeals.com. So thanks to them. Thanks to you. Thanks to Troy coming in with a super chat. He goes, hey, guys, as much as turnovers are staying relatively healthy over the last month has been huge. The OL is still together. If we get PJ back, I feel good about this week. If not, iffy. Have a great show. Troy, thank you. And I'd like to think this game doesn't hinge on PJ Locke. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's it, it is it is a big drop off, but I know where you're coming from, Troy. But it's like, oh no, how did we get to this? That this game factors on our fifth, fourth or fifth safety. You know, I, I'd like to think they you can scheme around that. That if it's not PJ Locke, that you can you can figure out a way that it's not on PJ, PJ Locke. Yeah, I. we kind of saw it with the uh, the fall apart again in that Miami game. Uh, it's the Delarian Turner yell, who is, again, one pick right before Tariq Woolen Scott. Uh, but uh, that is one that is unfortunate because uh, he's looked so poor out there. But I think you can do some things to make it easy. It's not like the Browns are going to be, you know, speed demons setting up crazy, you know, cr uh, crack blocks, you know, motioning the wide receiver out crazy, uh, creating crazy leverage and angles. Like we saw the Miami game uh, talk about swimming, playing Drew Sanders out there as well. At the same time, that was just a, a recipe for disaster. As we saw, that's not going to be the case in this Browns game. They still have a very spicy uh, run game and offensive line, but they've been dealing with uh a lot of injuries at the tackle spot too. Jedrick Wills, uh, they made a mistake taking him over Tristan Wirfs. Said it at the time, we'll say it again. Uh, I'm glad, I guess. I'd rather have him in Tampa. But uh, yeah, that's uh, this is not a very dynamic offense right now. They've had some of their best games with Deshaun Watson, but now he's out with a shoulder injury. Uh, they still have David Njoku. They don't have Nick Chubb, who was their best player as well. And it's just very simple stuff from them. So going to be a very ugly football game but again i keep saying it. it's a big 10 west style one both these offenses are not going to be overly dynamic uh the browns have the far and away best defense but the broncos have the better offense of the pair so the broncos can control the game hidden yardage win the turnover battle they should it should be enough to win but this is a seven three seven and three browns team despite the terrible offense i think i don't think we're talking enough from a league perspective about how special this Browns defense has been in his playing. And part of it is because you have to accomplish something first, you know, it, yeah. the, the, the best defenses in the world have Super Bowl rings next to their names before they get the credit for being, I mean, when we start thinking the, the, the best defenses in, in NFL history, they all won Super Bowls. 
because nobody remembers you if you just had a really good defense. I mean, someone could probably, a crazy person like us, Nick, might be able to say, oh, remember that defense? It was so good, but they didn't do anything. No, you might, Nick, but 85 Bears. Um, you know, that was one, the, the Ravens one that won with, uh, you know, I think Trent for a quarterback. Tampa yeah, Bay, Denver Broncos. You know, those are four historic ones, and you remember those because they all have rings. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why they, they have to accomplish something. They're playing at this level, but to become historic, to become memorable, they got to win. They have to win something. And that doesn't happen very often in Cleveland, unfortunately, for, for my uh, northern Ohio relatives and family up there. Yeah. Um, and Troy, real quick, thank you so much. Beginning of the season, we talked about what is the benefits of ownership, sports science. Um, how are they building the new facilities? Everybody that talks about it talks about the, uh, you know, all the players saying they're looking into the science of staying healthy, the science of performance, nutrition, all of these things. Sean Payton, when he was hired, one of the first moves he made was bringing in Ben Lowry, who he raved about uh, overseeing all of the sports science part of this. And then Dan Dalrymple as a strength conditioning coach. It's made a difference, Nick. You can't say, mm-hmm. oh, it will revert back to the normal when you had all these injuries year after year after year. Well, the normal shouldn't be in the bottom five of injuries in the NFL. Now, you, it's been a drastic improvement this year, Nick. Yeah, it has been a drastic. We'll have to see it over multiple seasons mm-hmm. to really know the difference there. Um, Settle in somewhere around average. You know, when I mean, you're constantly at the bottom, something's wrong, man. Yes. And, and it wasn't I, like that all time. They've always been playing at mile high. You know, they've mm-hmm. always been playing at Denver and it hasn't always been like that with injuries. Yeah. I, uh, I do not know what it is. I mean, I don't even want to have any conjecture on what it could possibly be that would do that, but we're seeing better injury luck. We'll use the quotes there for those listening after the fact at home. Uh, but it's definitely been a factor for the Broncos. They've had their offensive line, every single, pretty much every single guy's been out there all season long. And, uh, you haven't had any super major injury. I mean, obviously Tim Patrick early, Kwan Williams early. You've had some safety issues here and there, but uh, more or less, you've been a pretty healthy team, uh, where which is the, where has the new injury come from? The new the, one. They keep talking about that drop tackle stuff. No, no, no. I'm sorry for a player. It's like we lost Tim Patrick. Okay. He, he was injured. Caden Stearns. He's, he's been injured. Greg Dulcich. He's been injured. Um, you know, and then there's nicks and bruises, but for the most part, I'm sure it's out there. Baron Browning, he, he's he's been injured. Mm-hmm. You know, where's the new injury come from? And knock on wood, I don't want. I'm not asking for one. Yeah. But it's been a for these guys to come in. The healthy players have stayed healthy. That's been a big part of why when we start talking about these teams and the Cleveland Brown, you just listen to Nick. You just heard him just say, hey, this guy and this guy and this guy. There's another team you're going to play with doesn't have their starting quarterback. Uh, you know, and it's a it's a rough game. It's a it's a battle of of, of it's trench warfare. What's the word? I'm like? attrition. It's a mm-hmm. battle of attrition when you start getting in a week eight yeah. through week fifteen. Mm-hmm. And the Broncos right now are winning that battle. They have a four game winning streak. That's not a coincidence. No, not at all. And Jasmine, uh, good to see you, Jasmine. I uh, always appreciate you coming in with a great responses and a lot of support. We, we really do appreciate that. She says, thanks for everything you do. Most importantly, thanks for being honest and candid with your thoughts about the team. 
I don't know about candid, but uh, we appreciate that. Uh, Jasmine always coming in and <laughs> it's a, uh, we always appreciate your insights. Hope you're doing well out there in uh, Scott's neck of the woods. Yep. Stay warm today. Stay dry. It's going to be kind of ugly here in uh, in the ATL as far as weather goes. So thank you, Jasmine. Hope you were doing well. Brian Dunn also coming in with some support over on YouTube. Thank you, sir. Uh, appreciate, uh, like I've said a bunch of times, it's truly humbling that y'all come in here and, uh, you know, we've got a really good audience here today uh, mm -hmm. on a Tuesday holiday week where we're humbled that you want to spend it with us or at least that you'd clicked on us by accident. You've, you've stuck around for a little bit. So thank you very much, Brian, uh, Jasmine, and Gary Palmer, and all y'all coming in. Gary comes in with a, a super chat to uh, Broncos Orange, as he's wont to do with, uh, with uh, his support for the show. Again, it helps us keep doing. We're on three years now of doing this because of y'all. And uh, I, the, the best word I can use is it's humbling. It means a lot. It, it truly does. Yeah. I agree. And we got Zachary coming. I love it when people disagree with me and, you know, don't just say that you're wrong. They give reasons why. And I don't, I'm not on the same page here. Zachary and I are probably not going to agree on this, but I appreciate the, uh, the insight and the, the challenge uh, it says, Nick, I don't agree with being conservative. I know the Browns D is good, but I think that's more of a reason to make a statement and challenge that defense down the field. Don't be reckless, but play to win. I think in this game, playing to win is the hidden yardage and protecting the football, honestly. And that is, not being, you said be, don't be reckless, but play to win. I think you, how do the Browns win this game? It's a negative turnover. It's a strip sack. It is something like that where the defense sets the table for the offense. And you know what? Against a lot of teams, they'd probably blink first in that kind of game. But we've seen the Broncos in the last two, three games win ugly. These have been ugly games where at the end, you know, they're mucking it up the whole time, playing field position battle, turnovers, not always capitalizing, but protecting the football, playing within themselves, not doing too much, and then unleashing when they absolutely have to, keeping everything uh, in place. It's kind of the, the boa constrictor here, and both teams want to play that way in this one. You know, the let the opponent wiggle a bit, and every time they squirm out, you get that death grip a little tighter. That's what the Browns want to do. That's what the Broncos have been doing as well. Not as dominant on defense, uh, the Broncos are compared to the Browns, but still. So I, you, you do want to be hunting explosives, but I think you want to be very timely with it and set it up. This is going to be a game of chess, slow, ugly field position, special teams. Uh, and hopefully at the end, you get that one where you can, you can capitalize on a good punt return from Mims, you know, one big play. And then it's that, but I think this is a boa constrictor game, Scott, this is going to be ugly. Yeah. I look at there. They seem to be a little more susceptible to the run, they, at least based on yards per game. They're around nine. The Minnesota Vikings, who I just mentioned, with their style of play, it doesn't surprise me that they're really tough to run the ball against. They actually have a better rush defense as far as yards per game. Their passing defense is crazy. Uh, and I look at that, and it's like, okay, well, let me look at their schedule just a little bit to see why that might be on some of it. They've played Kenny Pickett twice. Uh, they played the Bengals without Joe Burrow. They played the Cardinals with, uh, I don't even know who was a quarterback after they traded um, Dobbs away, but it may have been Dobbs' in. last game there. Uh, they lost at the Seahawks 24-20. to 20. They played the Colts in a freaking shootout, 39-38. to 38. There's part of it right there where Gardner Minshew has 305 yards. So, you know, the, Russell Wilson's going to be one of the better quarterbacks that they have faced and this could end up being one of the better passing attacks so i'm not willing to put them up on a pedestal you say why you know why aren't they getting a little bit more credit um well the numbers overall you know they're they're only leading in total defense not in scoring you know when i look at that i say jesus san francisco's given up a 
14 points a game, it's 15.5, but still I'm like, good Lord. Um, that's a lot. I, I, Zachary, I agree with this. And that's why I said, take your shots when they're available, but it, it's going to be a patient game. Again, it's going to be run, believe in the run. It's going to be very similar to what you did with the Buffalo bills. Only instead of trying to survive turnovers, you're just trying to get stops because the bills don't have the Browns don't have the explosive ability that the bills do. If the bills are clicking. I don't expect the Browns to turn the ball over as much, but I don't expect them to move the ball as well either. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. It could be one of those, again, I saw Maven Collins said it felt like 58 minutes of, of yawn and then two minutes of chaos to win that game. That's game plan. And it, it could work against the Cleveland Browns. It should work against the Cleveland Browns again. This time, it's time to start hitting on a couple of those shots, though, Nick, uh, to loosen up, loosen up the defenses again. If they're there, it's time to open it up just a little bit. A couple times a game. I think you need to be very calculated with those shots because Miles mm-hmm. Garrett is it's like when the Broncos had Von Miller. I mean, it, re- it really is. It's that if you give him an opportunity, he's going to suck your soul out yeah. and uh, that could be the game. Um, and so that's, I mean, just again, coming back to the Browns um, advanced stats, because it's, it's kind of like the Broncos 2015 offense where the offense is so freaking terrible that like the defense, if they even had a competent offense, the other side would be, factors better but because they're not playing complimentary football at all uh that makes it really uh, hard for that offense or for the defense of the browns but their epa this so far this season is negative 0.206 uh they are almost double the epa of the second and third place team of the ravens and the browns are the next best defenses and their success rate is 34.5 uh that the difference between their success rate on defense compared to the number two team in the jets is the same as the Jets to the, oh my gosh, uh, 39 all the way to 44. The Jets second place to the 20th ranked team in success rate. So what is success rate? It's uh, pretty much you need to get, I think, six yards on first down, uh, or excuse me, 60% of the yards to first down on first down, 60% of the yards to a first down, or 40% on second down, and then get a first down on third or fourth down. So it's advanced analytic, but they've been awesome uh, this season. They're great. I know that uh, I don't know who likes our game plan or doesn't like it because uh, they say I hate the game plan. I don't like it. Well, Scott and I have different game plans here. Uh, but uh, again, this is a this is a defense not to be trifled with. And the final point on that, Scott, I've probably been about as not as critical, but, you know, pump the brakes on Russell Wilson as possible. I think this is a game where if you can come out of this and survive and Russell Wilson just plays clean football, I don't give a flying you know what about I don't want to cuss on here. The flying you know what about the the stats at the end of the day for this one, just do enough to survive and win this game. It's going to be, I think it's going to be ugly and the Browns can make you lose. And that's all that really matters anyway. You know, oh, it's so funny. I, I think, you know, game manager is such a derogatory term. It's like, oh, he's just a game manager. Well, he's a game manager with a four game winning streak, you know, and and, and they're doing enough. Um, now, this isn't the Baltimore Ravens defense. Obviously, we talked about the historic defenses. Uh, the 2000 Baltimore Ravens, guess where their offense ranked in points that year they won the Super Bowl in 2000? Just give me, give me a guess off the top of your head. 30th. 14th. Wow. So they were average again. So you have to be able to place, at least play average uh, in, in scoring. They were, they were 14th. Now, part of that is your defense is so good that they're creating points mm-hmm. and they're getting field position and doing all those things. Uh, they're coming in hot. Like Mike Givens is coming in hot here with a super chat. Thank you, sir. Again, appreciate the support that y'all so 
<laughs> I screw that up more times than I get it right. That y'all show the show. Y'all, the support you give. Uh, appreciate you coming in with the uh, the Broncos Orange Super Chat over there on YouTube. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you so much. We really do appreciate that coming in, Mike, with the big time uh, Super Chat and all the support there. Uh, final thoughts on the Cream uh, Jackson stuff here. We talked about, I mean, pretty much it is Delarian Turner, y'all. I think we can probably say that J.L. Skinner is probably not going to be an option there. Uh, doesn't seem like they trust him fully. You might be forced into that situation, which is scary to think about, but we're there. And unfortunately, I think for the Broncos, given the time of this again, I don't know if you're going to see anybody cross-trained to that position. I think long-term, like over an off-season, you could maybe have the move of Riley Moss eventually ends up at safety. Demary Math- Demari Mathis eventually ends up at safety. But in a one-game turnaround here, especially when you played Sunday night last, I, I just... I think maybe you could work in a few packages with a guy like that at safety, but it's a different spot. It's not as easy as just flipping left to right. I mean, it's a totally different run fit, the responsibilities, what you need to read and key on the the footwork different as well. So I don't think it's as easy as, you know, well, we have these extra defensive backs that aren't playing now. Let's play them at safety, maybe long-term, but not in a, not an in season one game uh, sample. No, I think it more, let's go double nickels you know, where I've got two guys in the slot coverage and then a single house or whatever. But my final thoughts on Kareem Jackson's being suspended is with the possible exception and probably not even that of the New York Jets game. If I were to lose a defensive back safety or whatever, one of my starting defensive backs and I could pick any game for it to happen, it would be this game. Mm-hmm. It would be this game against the Cleveland Browns. So yeah. they're, they want to punish you going forward um well scott wouldn't that be great to have your most physical safety out there on the field yes probably it certainly wouldn't hurt but my front seven or eight depending on how i load the box has to take care of business to win this game it shouldn't ever get to the safety it shouldn't ever be on the safety if if my safety play my second safety play is the difference in this game i've already lost it i've already been beaten so if I had to lose a safety, a defensive back in any game this year, this might be it. Yeah, uh, that's you're probably right. I worry about that Houston game, though, man. Uh, but one at a time. Oh, I there's uh, there's like I said, I, I say that moving forward, Houston, they're going to throw the ball around. Chargers, they're going to throw the ball around. Lions, they're going to throw the ball around. The Patriots at home might be in that category. But again, they, they can probably still move the ball through the air a little bit better. Chargers again or Raiders again. I need my defensive backs for the rest of it. If I could pick one for on the rest of the way, either Patriots, Jets, or Browns. If I if I could choose when to lose one, I don't. My backup safety shouldn't be the difference in this game. My backup to my backup shouldn't be the difference in this game. Yeah, you hope not. And Gatorade Gaming coming in saying, "Yeah, it's VJ's defense. Uh, isn't VJ's defense known for blitzes? Load the box and make the QB beat us. Seems like a solid plan." Just some trends um, for the Broncos here because I haven't, and why not? I like you guys to be an educated uh, listener base as well. But the Broncos, uh, they're one of the highest blitz rates teams on first down in the NFL, but actually one of the lowest on third down, which is really surprising to me. And they love to blitz out of base defense. I think they have a, one of the top 10 highest blitz rates when they are playing a 4 3 or 3 4 front out there. So this is a game that I could see, Scott, a lot of five man rushes out there essentially being a run blitz. And I would like to see those. I know it's not always the best for the run fits, but in order to prevent explosives for the Browns, 
I'd like to see those edge rushers for the Broncos play the quarterback first. Uh, I, I, I think that that's a game where they're going to try to manufacture pass games with the play action boots out there. And if you are keying in on the quarterback, I'll give a little bit up to Jerome Ford at running back. If you are making them question the ability of the play action, I'm hitting the quarterback and uh, making him get rid of the ball quick because sure. they're not going to be able to get explosives. I think through the run game as much where they're going to, they're going to really try to set it up off of the run of the play action. So I'm, I'm blitzing and I'm letting those edge rushers play the quarterback to the running back. Can this, can this Cleveland Browns team sustain 12 to 15 play drives? Make hmm. them prove it. Make them prove it. again. Don't, don't gamble. Don't beat yourself in this one. And the Broncos should be okay. Yeah. Uh, other thing about the Browns, since uh, I guess we should announce that we're not going to be here Thursday morning. You guys enjoy your Turkey day. Um, but um, Browns like to play a lot of uh, man defense as well. And uh, they are not overly exotic with their blitzes. Now they, what they will do is they'll move miles Garrett around this season. We've started to see him. They've kind of mimicked Micah Parsons where Micah Parsons is like this amorphous pass rusher, right? Where he'll line up in the a gap. He'll line up from uh, depth and come. They'll move him everywhere. Just try to get that matchup with Parsons. They've started to do that with miles Garrett as well. And he's the level of athlete that they can still do it with him. Uh, so that's something to watch in this game. But I think this is a game unlike the Vikings where you saw the Broncos play a lot of 11 personnel, a lot of shotgun. I think that you maybe do lean into the heavy personnel again, the run game, and you might, you'll be running into some loaded boxes, but the Broncos have actually been pretty counterintuitively been pretty good running into heavy boxes when they're going helmet for helmet out there, uh, which is surprising because that's against league trends uh, typically, but Will be a will be a fascinating battle to watch. I think it's going to be an ugly football game, unless you like you know the battle of field position, low scoring ones. Uh, and Scott, I could be totally wrong, right? That happens all the time yeah. in the NFL. But just how it sets up, this looks like it'll be a low scoring first one to seventeen points wins. It, you could very much see a replay of what we saw with the Minnesota Vikings. It was it was kind of boring for you know two and a half quarters. That's okay. We said that about Kansas City. Win ugly. The the Broncos aren't throwing the ball around enough yet and aren't being allowed to throw the ball around enough yet to to go and blow somebody out. Win ugly. Mm -hmm. But, man, get the win. Like I said, you got a four-game winning streak. It's not luck. It's not a fluke. If you have to adjust your game plan, but until then, keep doing what's, work, which is what's working, which is take care of the ball, be aggressive on defense. Field goals are winning. <laughs> Colin says, Will Lutz for MVP, yawn. Man, I'm having a lot more fun with a four-game winning streak than I did before, so I'll take the winning right now, brother. Yeah, uh, and there's plenty to prove upon. I love it. Um, you know, Sean Payton immediately after the game or uh, Monday says, "I uh, watched the tape, and there was a lot of ugly on there." Um, the Broncos winning ugly right now, but a lot to improve upon um, for sure. I mean, you don't go two for twelve on third down, and uh, you don't give up the rushing rate like the Broncos did in the missed tackles. Oh my God. Uh, without there being plenty of ugly tape. So it's a lot more fun to watch it though. Uh, after a win than it is after a loss. So uh, absolutely. any so final thoughts, my, Scott, Michael yeah. Ronquillo looks like he's going to close us out on Facebook. Thank you, sir. He says, great show today. Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast and go Broncos. Yeah. Go Broncos. Final thought, Scott on this Kareem Jackson suspension. I'm with you hundred percent. You cannot do that. Uh, especially repeat offender. That's, I mean, the first third play of the game, first tackle of the game from him. What are we doing? Uh, Sean Payton talked to him before that saying, don't mess it up. We got a good thing going. And he comes in and does that and could have easily messed it up when they had a good thing going. If he's suspended there, or that you don't get that turnover that Baron Brown, Baron Browning forced uh, Kareem Jackson, I guess kind of further dislodged it, but 
do you have any thoughts on the play call from the Vikings? And I'm not victim blaming here. Let me emphasize that, but putting, taking a direct snap with your tight end and then flipping it to your quarterback. This kind of comes back to Tom Brady saying that we're not doing things to protect players. You are putting your quarterback in risk. He becomes a ball carrier in that instance. I know he's still a quarterback, but he's not operating as a quarterback at that moment. He should be, uh, I think within the rules, it's a different rules for tackling um, when you do that for a quarterback, when they get it, not directly from the, uh, the center snap. So any thoughts on that call? He's a, he's a ball carrier at that point. Um, Does that change things for you in terms of the, the call from Kevin O'Connell, any, uh, any blame there for putting him at risk? Well, I mean, no, (laughs) Um, my, not, not as far as the penalty goes on Kareem Jackson Hmm. from saying schematically, I say, why the hell are you running an option with your tight end to the quarterback? That's insane. There's so much that can go wrong there from a, from a, I can drop the ball that can be a miscue in there that you're snapping it to your tight end to hand it to your running back, your quarterback, just say those words all in a line. And that sounds, what what are you doing, man? So no, it has nothing to do for me with the the penalty and suspension. It just doesn't seem like a very good play call um, on, on third and short. Yeah. I just, I get it. Some quarterbacks, you know, are weapons in that way and you like to use it. But when you are designing options like that and making them a pure running back and without getting the protections of being a quarterback because you've pitched the ball, I think that there is some validity to what Tom Brady was talking about with the coaching and the play call. That's about if you lost Dobbs then. Then you you say, okay, why are you putting him in that? But you didn't. And if that's a running back, it doesn't matter that it was Dobbs. If that was a running back and he's being held up, and he gets hit under the chin with the top of somebody helmet. The guy that did that is gone. Had nothing to do with him being Dobbs. I don't care who that was. That's yeah. not allowed in this game. Now, again, it's risky for O'Connell to put his quarterback in harm's way, period. And it seems like a really strange play call, period. But it doesn't absolve Kareem Jackson whatsoever. And you made the point that I wanted you to get to. If it was a running back or a wide receiver instead of Dobbs, it still would be a fine and a suspension. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, just, like I said, how do you, what are you supposed to do then? You're supposed to see it. If he, if he hits him, you can hit him in the head. It's not, well, you're not allowed to hit the quarterback head. Nothing to do with it. Yeah. It, it, any ball carrier like that, if he lifts his head and goes face mask to face mask in that same situation, sees what he hits and drives through the ball carrier, what's you supposed to do? That's what you're supposed to do. They teach you from peewee on, see what you hit. Yeah. It has, it has nothing to do with who the, the ball carrier was. I agree with you. I just know there was some discussion around that and we're on the same page lockstep there. No, I think it was a uh, stupid play call. Yeah. <laughs> but that Risky. doesn't have anything yeah. to do with the suspension. Yes, definitely agree. And there's always a little bit of ambiguity in the rules. You probably did not catch the Michigan Maryland game this last week, Scott, but there was a play where uh, Roman Wilson, really good wide receiver for Michigan caught the ball and then immediately like went into like a fetal position and uh, the defender was going down. And when he went to go tackle, uh, he was going for the middle of the chest and Roman Wilson was going down the exact same time. It ends up being helmet to helmet. All the announcers are like, well, it sucks. There's nothing you could have done, but that's targeting because they made the helmet to helmet contact. They went to review it. I think in Chicago, they came back. They say no targeting. That was one of those ones where there's literally nothing the defender could have done because of how the the pass catcher played the ball. And there now, is always going to be. The way it is now. 
and they didn't they don't call it anymore or they never really called it enough and if they had we might be more conditioned to this was the old rule was called spearing and that's basically how they're calling targeting now in college mm -hmm. doesn't matter if it's to the head and but we're so we are so conditioned now to think of targeting as a helmet to helmet it doesn't matter old spearing was a guy down and you drive in the top of your helmet into his ribs wherever that that's spearing now they call it targeting. They just never really enforce the spearing rule. And again, I, I know this is controversial to, to Denver Broncos fans, and it doesn't need to be for me. Like I said, if you feel the game has changed, I'm not going to argue with you. You know, I, I like it better the old way. I'm, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Fine. That's I'm not arguing one way or the other. What I'm saying is you cannot hit like that in today's game. There's there's no, it's it's flat out. You cannot put your helmet down and Hit a hit a guy in the face mask. Can't do it. It's against the rules. Yep. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll hear if there is an appeal. I think it was about one or two days um, before last time when we heard the suspension uh, that the Broncos were going to, uh, or Kareem Jackson was going to appeal it. So we should hear about that soon. Uh, and I'm hoping that this is the last we see Kareem Jackson making a hit like that. I I don't know. I mean. Again, players come into his defense. All coaches love him. He, he seems like somebody who, if you know him, you really like him. But the play on the field speaks for itself. I mean, this is a repeat offense, and you can't have it. I was 14 years old when Mark Bonacani broke his neck with the Citadel. I was 16 years old when Chucky Mullins broke his neck with the uh, the the, the uh, with Ole Miss, and now they he's they've been mem uh, memorialized. It's it's dangerous for Kareem Jackson to go in like that. It really is. The, the, for himself the, the, it, yeah it's it's dangerous for kareem jackson to i'm surprised he hasn't hurt himself at this point again um one of i want to finish on this with with jeremy shanks this is the last time we'll be back until we do uh monday and hopefully another victory monday uh jeremy finishes off on read this thank you jeremy he says before they sign off have a great thanksgiving everyone a lot to be thankful for i'm thankful for being able to hang out with you guys in the morning so am i and so is Nick. We're thankful that you're here and we'll thank we're thankful that we get to do this. Uh, it truly is a privilege. Yeah, you guys are great. Uh, we appreciate you coming in and hanging out with us. Thanks for all the super chats today. Not everybody can be in a position to super chat. If you're not, uh, make sure you're clicking the thumbs up on the way as we uh, close out the show and uh, subscribe to our places. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you guys are following us at Mile High Huddle as well as at bfb underscore pod if you're on facebook make sure you're joining our facebook groups facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and as the ticker says here underneath please subscribe to mile high huddle over on youtube like this show and share it on your social media platforms uh scott that's all she wrote uh, we're gonna get on out of here any final thoughts uh prediction i guess maybe or we, i guess we're gonna be back friday on your show but this is it for broncos exclusively no this is it we'll be back uh Will you be here tonight on it's it's starting next week that you're out or is it tonight that no, you're out and then next week that you're out? I have birthing classes okay. starting tonight. So we'll go see, uh, come see Carl and uh, whoever he, if he remembers to bring somebody else in, uh, he's been doing with Lance. He's done some with Luke. Uh, come see Carl tonight on building the Broncos. And then we will, you won't see us again tomorrow. If you want to hang out with us, talk a little football. We'll be on uh, youtube.com slash Scott Kennedy. Uh, but then we'll be off until Monday. Cause I'm taking Friday off too, Nick. Happy Black Friday to me. I, that means I get to uh, start early enjoying the uh, 
Denver, Bron- or excuse me, Iowa Hawkeyes versus Nebraska Cornhuskers and a chance for Iowa to keep Nebraska out of bowl eligibility and get 10 wins. So God bless. I appreciate everybody coming in. Have a great Thanksgiving. Really do appreciate you all. Thankful for you, Scott. Thankful for all this community. Uh, again, continue to choose kindness and compassion, as I always like to say, and go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.